love because he first loved us. I just want to ask you, just imagine at the moment, just for yourself, with your, just ask yourself the question, what would it feel like to be fully and completely loved for me right now? What would that feel like? What would that feel like? Then just allow that, that feeling, let your imagination, you know, the Bible says that he can do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask, think or imagine according to the power of the Spirit at work in us. I just want to encourage you right in this moment, what would it feel like? Then allow that feeling, just to go there in your imagination, just that, that feeling of being loved. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you loved us first. And God, you want us to live out of and in that love all the time. And so, God, I ask for each of us that those thoughts, those feelings that we're experiencing in your love right now, God, will be something that we treasure and we hold on to and we live out of. In those moments where things are unsettled in our lives, where things are going a little bit pear-shaped, where we're feeling anxiety or worry coming on, Lord, that we would drop into those, those feelings of love, that place of knowing your love again, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. For me, every time I imagine that, I... Um, uh, how many of you like spa pools? None of some of you do, some of you don't. Um, the feeling of, or a hot bath, just slipping down under the water, and uh, either in the spa pool or the bath, and everything disappearing apart from the feeling of hot surrounding you all over, and everything fades into the background. That's sort of the feeling I get. I, I imagine what it feels like when I'm fully loved by God. Um, everything else fades into just that feeling of sensation of fully coated in his warmth and his goodness and that moment of complete uh, surrender, I guess, uh, to that experience, you know. Um, that's, that's how I envisage that moment um, that I've just asked you to do. For me, that's where I go in my imagination. You may go somewhere completely different, be interested in hearing uh, your story about that at some point, uh, if you're willing to share it, because um, I think everyone, every one of us has a different experience of what it feels like to be loved according to our journey and where we're at and uh, in our journey with Christ. But the truth of the fact is that you are loved unconditionally and unfathomably, if that's even a word. You can't even comprehend how much you're loved by God. Um, and that's awesome. So awesome. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to go uh, Matthew 16. And yes, I turned 50 yesterday. Woohoo! Half a century. Excellent. I never was able to score it in cricket. So here we go. Uh, and I don't feel any different than what I was yes, uh, the day before, so um, it's all good. For those of you who have still got to get to 50, I remember when I was, uh, actually when I was 27. Can you adjust that for me? That'd be good. Brilliant, thank you. This is Lawrence, and I'm Lawrence, so that makes two Lawrences, and there's a third Lawrence as well, so this is getting a little scary. <laughs> Lawrences are multiplying. Um, Anyway, wonderful. 
Thank you. Uh, Matthew, Matthew 16. Um, I want to go there. Matthew 16, verse 24. Last week, um, I preached a message which I entitled, um, God's Doing Something New. Are you seeing it? And uh, if I, 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 there was a real prophetic edge to that message last week. And, um, well, I felt there was. Uh, and I've had some, some really good positive feedback from it from people who were challenged, who were stirred. And I just want to encourage you, if you missed last week's message, if you weren't here, um, jump onto our YouTube channel. channel it's there. Um, it's also will be up on our podcast as well. I'd encourage you to listen to it because um, I really felt there was the weight of uh, Holy Spirit revelation behind that word last week um, and an in-season uh, encouragement for us as a church. Um, and I'll speak that boldly, um, that if you want to know what God's saying to us as a church, and I, I broaden that and say possibly wider than us, but definitely for us, then last week's message um, is a key part of that. Um, so I'm not going to re-preach that. I'm going to follow on from it this morning. Um, and we're going to have communion together. So we're going to celebrate around uh, the communion table, the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, um, the Last Supper, whatever wording you have around that, um, it's over here and here. And we'll celebrate that towards the end, okay, just together. And if you're a follower of Jesus, um, maybe you're a visitor here today, uh, you're welcome to join us uh, as we celebrate and remember what Jesus did at the cross um, for us. So here we are, Matthew 16. Um, and I'm going to read the passage, then I'll give some context uh, to it. Um, and then I'll lean in a bit to, to what I felt uh, God was saying to us this morning. So Matthew 16, verse 24. If any of you wants to be... Oh, Jesus said to his disciples, sorry, I should put the first bit in. Um, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds." Such a great passage to, uh, to preach out of. Because in essence, what Jesus says here is, um, you, if you want to be a follower of me, you've got to die. You've got to take up your cross and follow me. You've got to be willing to uh, give up your own way to follow me. So there's this, and I love this message about the gospel. The gospel is all about uh, us stepping into and understanding the fullness of God's love for us and the fullness of the inheritance he has for us that's made available to us through Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection. And, and we want to live in the blessing and the understanding of that. But the other side of the coin and the tension that sits with living in blessing is that there's this other side of, of surrender, of denial, of death, of um, of suffering that sits on the other side of that message. And, and I think the mystery of the Christian faith is we celebrate around this event, this, uh, this sacrament that we have, which is called communion, where we take the, the cracker or the bread that represents Jesus' body and we take the grape juice that represents His blood 
and we partake of that together in remembrance of what He did for us, that there's this center point of our faith that is about suffering, the brutal suffering of a human being and the death of a human being at the hands of humans. Well, have you thought about that for a second? That is the central point of our faith is around this, this event, which was actually horrific. In my head, I go, surely there was a, another way that God could have sorted this issue. Right? The issue of separation, the issue of us having chosen our own way versus God's way, which is covered way back in, in the Genesis creation story. Surely there was another way. And it's interesting for me in the bigger picture of the gospel and, and when you understand some of the writings later in the New Testament, it does talk about the fact that God sorted the issue of sin way before, but sacrifice and the shedding of blood was needed for us. In Hebrews, it talks about for us because of our own consciences, we needed to know that someone had done something because we feel shame and guilt about the wrong things that we do. But there's this mystery for me around this idea that God wants us to live in abundance. He wants us to live in blessing. He wants us to live with an understanding of the, the, the feeling of His love flowing over us, His unconditional, unfathomable love that is for us all the time. But at the same time, He calls us to deny ourselves. He calls us to, to give over our will to His will. Now, I'm not sure about you, but there are times when I don't think that that's a great blessing. Glad to hear some of you are laughing. Because the idea of denial of suffering, of giving myself over to what God wants in my life, it actually sometimes isn't that appealing. Come on. Because your human nature and my human nature says, actually, I think, I think I know how to do this well. But God, Jesus makes it pretty clear that if you want to be a disciple, if you want to follow me, you've got to be willing to give up. And you know, the amazing thing about Jesus's story is that his story was not a story of somehow God's plan was that he would die. His story was one of he was giving himself over to the will of God in his life. Follow me with if you if you if you can to uh, Matthew 26 verse 39. Matthew 26 verse 39 and this is where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. It's just before the temple ch- chief uh, priests and and the soldiers come to arrest him with Judas. And he's going there to pray. He's just, we've, they've just celebrated um, the Last Supper, what we now know as the Last Supper. In those days, it was Passover. They, they celebrated Passover together, and they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane, which is uh, outside of the city of Jerusalem. And he went there with his disciples to pray. They, he left them, and then, he, and then this is verse 39. And it says, um, he went on a little further, bowed, his face, bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. See, I think 
Jesus in this moment modeled to me what it means to be a follower of Jesus who understands what it means to give over, to surrender, to deny, to abandon, to turn your back on what you want and say yes to what God wants. Now, Jesus knew exactly what he was facing. This word, those words, cup of suffering, to him, he already knew, he'd already in a number of occasions prior to this told his disciples, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be tortured, and I'm going to be crucified, and then I'm going to rise again. He already knew all of that process. And because he was a, a Jew, a Hebrew, brought up in, in the Israel of that time, he knew exactly what crucifixion was like because he had seen it personally, regularly. It was a normal part of their culture, of the Roman culture in, in Israel at the time that crucifixions took place. They were regular occurrences. He would have seen them many a time. So he knew exactly what he was facing and yet he still in this moment, he gave himself over, he denied himself and said, I don't, want my will, I want yours. And so there's this thing where, where Jesus submitted himself, he gave himself over to the process, to the journey that God had for him. In the language it says, I want your will to be done. In essence, what that is saying is, I'm giving myself over to the journey that you have me on. Whatever that looks like, I'm willing to journey it. And that's the call that Jesus is calling us to today. You know, I think for the challenge for us is, yes, God wants us to live in blessing. Yes, He wants us to experience His love. Yes, He wants us to experience um, all of His presence in us and all that that means to be part of the kingdom. But actually, there's this mystery that part of the kingdom requires you and I to deny, to suffer, to to turn our back on what we want and allow the will of, the hev of, of heaven, of the kingdom, to take us on the journey. Does that make sense? You know, and I, I just, I, I really feel that for us to experience all that resurrection has to offer, all that the kingdom of God has to offer, you've got to go on the journey. And you've got to give yourself over to the journey, to the love of God on that journey. Because for Jesus to experience resurrection, for him to be resurrected, to conquer death, to make available to all of us everything that resurrection life means, the kingdom of heaven breaking forth in miraculous ways on earth now, for him to release that for us and to show us what that looked like, he looks like, he had to give himself over to the journey. And for you and I to experience all that God has for us, we have to give ourselves over. I remember, um, if, if you want a little illustration of this for me personally, um, as most of you know, I'm, uh, last year I stood for election in our, our local uh, council elections and um, I remember at, at when I first, uh, in, in consultation with, uh, with a lot of people and a lot of advice, I went to that stage and put my nomination in. And I remember afterwards, 
thinking through what the implications of that were in regards to an election process of um, going to candidates' meetings, meeting people in our community and asking them, trying to sell myself so that they would vote for me. And if you know anything about me and my personality, that's very, um, very counter uh, and very outside of my comfort zone, if you want to use a phrase that Ronan just used when he was standing up here about running 100 kilometres. Um, very much out of my comfort zone. And I remember in a, in, in a moment, I was talking with, uh, with a friend of mine and I was just, I was expressing some of my angst around the process that I was in and how uncomfortable it was making me feel. And he said to me, do you feel like this is the journey that God's got you on? And I said, yeah, I do. Otherwise, I would not have put my name in. And he goes, well, in that case, you just need to get over yourself. And it was just that moment for me where it was like, I do. Because I've got all the excuses in the world as to why I shouldn't do this. Because it's not my personality type. It's not what I'm strong at. It's not what I'm good at. I feel exceedingly uncomfortable. I get really nervous. Uh, all of those types of things. I don't even, sometimes I don't even feel like um, I've got anything to offer. You know, all those kinds of feelings that I think as humans we all struggle with at times walking the journey that God's got for us. And yet I knew underneath it all that it was part of the journey God had called me to. Therefore, I needed to give myself over to the journey and get over me. Yeah? As a personal illustration of this in action, that if we want to experience and walk into all that God's got for us, which sometimes we have no idea what that could look like, God actually is into the process of surprising you with His goodness, surprising you with what opens up at the other side of the I'm giving myself over, I'm denying myself, I'm surrendering. That only when in the surrender do we discover the fullness of what God has for us. And, and for me, I want to encourage us today to be people who don't just seek the blessing of God for the blessing of God's sake. But we say, God, I want everything you've got for me. I want all of your blessing. I want all of the inheritance that is due for me because of what Jesus did. Yes, and amen to that. But I realize that there's a journey for me to go on and I'm going to give myself over to that journey because some of the things that you want, to experience, want me to experience in your kingdom are only at the end of a process. And I've got to give myself to that process. And trust you in that. Does that make sense? And so for us, for us to be disciples of Jesus, this is an integral part of it. Jesus said really clearly, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. I'm going to go back to the context of why Jesus said this statement. 
just prior to this in the story, he has just told his disciples that he's going to suffer and die. And Peter, at the end of him declaring that, takes him aside and says to him, there is no way that that is part of God's will for your life. That's what Peter says. This is Peter who just prior to that had declared that he was the son of God. And Jesus has said, on that revelation that you've received, Peter, I will build my church. Next minute, he's saying to him, you know that suffering you're talking about, that death you're talking about, there is no way that that's part of God's plan for you. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) It's pretty strong words. And then he takes it back to the whole disciples and he says, if you want to be my follower, you've got to be willing to deny yourself. The idea that you can, out of our humanity, the challenge I find in reading this story is that the humanity of moving from revelation of hearing God's voice and and understanding something about who Jesus is, but then when something uncomfortable comes up, I'm going to move back into my humanity. We do that all the time. And we allow something that is not God to represent in our lives. And Jesus' challenge to that is say, Come back to the core of this. If you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to let God be God. And this is an opportunity for us to one, to remember what Jesus did, what he gave himself over to so that you and I would understand how much he loves us. But I want to also encourage us this morning and challenge you to, as you participate this morning, make it a moment where you choose again to choose to surrender, to deny yourself, to give yourself over to the journey that God has for you. Understanding that in that process, you can walk into And in that continual process, it's not just something that happens today, but it happens every day. We've got to decide to give ourselves over every day to the journey God's got for us. It's a continual process. But as we do it today together, let's recommit ourselves to that. It's a new year. Some of you might be in a position at the moment where You just need reassurance that the journey you're on has God's hand on it. Because sometimes in the moments where it's really difficult, it's hard to see God's hand. Even Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, had a moment where he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sometimes it's really hard to trust the journey and trust God in the journey. I just want to encourage you that the end of that journey for Jesus was God worked a miracle. But it came in his surrendering, his giving over to the journey. Father, I thank you that you are a good father. And God, we can trust you, trust your love for us in the journey. 
And God, for each one of us, I pray that we would understand again that your mercy is in you every morning. That grace is always available to us, to empower us and to help us to be who you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence in our worlds. We, off, we welcome your presence in our lives. We ask that you'd lead us. And in those moments where we need to again give ourselves over, that you would give us the strength and the courage to be able to do that. For those of us who are in difficult situations at the moment, God, may we find the strength, may we find the grace in those moments to allow you to lead us through the valley, through the journey that you've got for us. We thank you for your presence. Thank you that you want the best for us. And God, you want us to live in the fullness of your kingdom every day. So I pray that you'd help each of us on that journey towards that. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.